Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are going to wade through the very turbulent 16th Perek of Sefer Malachim. Our Perek focuses entirely on the political volatility of the Northern Kingdom. It opens with Basha still as king. You'll recall, uh, last Perek, Basha seized control by assassinating Yeruvam's son Nadav after a very short time as king. And we are told that Basha follows in the wicked ways of Yeruvam. Like Yeruvam, Basha is approached. He is confronted by a Navi. The Navi tells him that he and his family are going to uh, be punished for his wicked ways, are going to be wiped out. And that's exactly what happens. Basha dies. His son Ela takes his place as king. But Ela is then assassinated after just two years of rule. And he's assassinated by one of his major generals named Zimri. Zimri then seizes power and kills off all of Basha's family. So the parallel between Basha and Yeruvim is very clear. Both of them are approached by a Navi. Uh, they are told that their family is doomed to be destroyed. Both of them have children who succeed them for a very short period of time before they are killed and overthrown, obviously, and uh, their whole family is killed off. Zimri, who seized power, is terribly unsuccessful as well. After just seven days of rule, pretty much once word gets out that he was king altogether, uh, we're told that a military encampment at Gibton, led by Omri, mobilizes against Zimri. And when Zimri sees the approaching army, the army is besieging the capital city of the north, which is in Tirza, Zimri burns down his royal palace and takes his own life. Following his death, the northern kingdom is then split over who should lead, with two top candidates, one being Omri, who we've already met, and then Tivni, another high-ranking government official. But Omri's supporters ultimately win the day, not by a democratic vote, but because Tivni is killed, and Omri becomes the king. The text uh, doesn't give us much detail about Omri's kingship. There's really just one particular act which we are... uh, we are presented with. There's really one project that is attributed to Omri. We are told that he acquires a new parcel of land from a man named Shemer. He names it Shomron. And there he establishes the new capital for the north, uh, a new palace. Uh, so the center of power has now moved from Tirza, where it has been up until this point, to Shomron. This is actually something that Chazal look very favorably upon. They see this as kind of the one redeeming element of Omri's tenure as king. After Omri dies, uh, he is succeeded by his son, Ahav. We were told regarding Omri that he was the worst king yet, that he was so wicked that he was uh, worse than, than even Yeruvim. He, would, he followed in the ways and even surpassed the wickedness of Yeruvim. His son, Ahav, we're told, has the kind of terrible distinction of even surpassing his father in wickedness, setting a, an, an all-time low. Achav is married to Izevel. She's a princess, princess from Sidon. She's a very religious devotee of Baal, the pagan storm god, and Baal's female counterpart, Asherah, the goddess of fertility. And in the Prakim ahead, we're going to see the, the, the kind of the new depths of depravity, the new lows that are going to be achieved uh, or experienced, I'll say, uh, under the leadership of these two individuals, under the leadership of Izevel and Omri. But before the parak concludes, we get one final pasuk that kind of comes out of left field, but its significance is absolutely unmistakable. We're told that there's an individual named Chiel from Beis El who rebuilds Yericho. And as he rebuilds Yericho, so when he lays the foundation, his eldest son dies. And as he concludes the city putting up the gates, his youngest son 
dies. And that is, And that is exactly according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by the hand of Yehoshua ben Nun. So this previously unknown individual uh, named Chiel rebuilds Yericho. Uh, and and his family pays the consequences. What's the curse? What is the words of uh, Hashem through Yehoshua that is being referred to here? So we're told in Sefer Yehoshua, after the miraculous victory at Yericho, the first conquest, first element, first location in the conquest of the land of Kinaan, uh, we're told, uh, Yehoshua tells the nation that anyone who rebuilds this city uh, will be cursed. That when they lay the foundation, their eldest will die, and when they established the, the, when they set up the gates, their youngest will die. I presume that means that in the interim, the other children will die in turn, which is to say all of your children will, will pay the consequences if you rebuild the city of Yericho. And here we see that that curse, in fact, came to fruition. But the point is not so much that the curse is realized. The point is to demonstrate the, the low uh, to which the nation has sunk. Why is there a curse on someone who rebuilds Yericho? What's so significant? It's, it's because there's so much symbolic significance to the, the remains, the rubble of Yericho. Firstly, uh, the curse of anyone who would rebuild Yericho, it's, it's really quite parallel to another prohibition that we find in the Torah, and that is not to return to Egypt. Going back to Egypt, right, to dwell there, uh, reflects a kind of walking back and all of that was all that was accomplished in the in the context of Yitzias Mitzrayim, the miraculous exodus from Egypt, and all that happened in the Midbar. To go back to Egypt is to, in some way, deny, and 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 just completely kind of wipe away everything that Hashem had done for Bnei Yisrael, and that's why it's prohibited. Uh, I mean, there there are many explanations. There are a lot of, but I think on the on the in the kind of broadest sense, the reason for that um, prohibition is, is exactly that. It's this undoing of the miracles that were done by Hashem for Bnei Yisrael. And I think the same is true when it comes to rebuilding Yericho. It's, 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 it's taking a step back in history. It's undoing the miracles that were done on our behalf. In addition to that, uh, Yericho is this kind of enduring monument to that miracle. And so you're just, you're wiping away the... Uh, not just symbolically, but you're wiping away something that is a, a very concrete expression of that miracle, and it's a witness to the fact that Hashem was um, was there, was absolutely essential in the conquest of Yericho. That can't be denied because it was a miraculous victory, and that opens our eyes to the fact that really the whole conquest of of the land was given to us uh, was was accomplished only with the help and with the. Uh, miraculous intervention of Hashem, whether it was an obvious miracle or whether it was a more concealed miracle, it opens our eyes to that and to even beyond that, recognizing Hashem's role in the success of the nation uh, going forward. And so by undoing Yericho, there was just a profound message being displayed in terms of the, the way in which the nation was turning their back on Hashem. That's really the point here. If you, In addition, I'll just add that uh, Yericho, uh, as as I argued back in the uh, uh, recording from Sefer Yehoshua in the context of uh, uh, of our discussion of Yericho, I, I, I noted that it was almost like a Har Sinai experience for this new generation that was not at Har Sinai, that was not also uh, uh, there for Pesach Mitzrayim. They, they didn't experience the Exodus, they didn't experience Har Sinai, but they have a renewal of those covenantal moments 
right now in the context of Yericho and what happens just before Yericho and shortly after. Um, and so by undoing this, you're, you're also undoing this whole kind of mutual covenantal relationship or a symbol of the mutual covenantal relationship between Hashem and the nation. It's a, it's a very powerful statement to rebuild Yericho. And, and that's really the point. In, in these ways and in so many others, the rebuilding of Yericho signifies the extent to which the nation had turned their backs on Hashem, the way they neglected and even negated uh, their own uh, miraculous and storied history. It's uh, a, a very powerful and profound barometer of where the nation is at this moment. And it is, in fact, in a, a very tragic state. That's it for today. Chazak ve'amatz and happy learning.